Lecture topic: Sincerity and intention. Sometimes, so obviously that is not the way that it should be. In the mal amalu binniya, ikhlas and sincerity. What extent of sincerity will be in something? That is what the end result will come. The rewards will come according to the intention. The acceptance will come according to the intention of ikhlas. Only for Allah Taala's pleasure. No ulterior motive, and then according to the intention of what a person is trying to derive out of it. One is obviously he must be sincere, but if a person's intention is merely that he wants sawab, so he'll get sawab definitely. If he's sincere and his intention was sawab, that's what he'll finish off with. But that sawab could have been attained in various ways. He could have been sitting at home and making some tasbihat. That too, he'll definitely get sawab for. Could have been making some other amal, engaging in some other work of deen. That too would have been definitely sawab. So that is part and parcel of it. There's no nothing that will meaning sawab will not be left out if there's sincerity. Sawab will come. But the deeny majalis. The niyat has to be something beyond that, not confined to that. Beyond that, and that is that a person should have this intention that the words of the Ahlullah, the Fayyaz, their words will be read, explained. Inshallah, this will have an impact on my heart, and this will become a means of my betterment. Something that might be lacking in me, inshallah, I'll get the topic of making amal on it to try and inculcate that in my life. Something that might be in my life which is not supposed to be there. Something that is a problem, and I should be rectifying this, inshallah, with the barakat of this gathering. Allah Taala make that possible. That that topic, Allah Taala grant me that I can then remove this issue from my life. So if that is the intention, that is the niyat of which a person participates in any daily gathering. It might be the talim that takes place after some salah in our masjid. That too is not something to be participating in just as a routine. Otherwise, we'll attend talks and listen to talks and bayans and carry on listening for years and years. But that intention is not there. That I want to change something for the better. I want to remove the negatives from my life. I want to inculcate the positives. So this is the purpose for which I am attending that dini gathering. If that niyat is missing, then that's what unfortunately often happens. That we hear many things, but barely we just stepped out of the masjid, and what we heard that we should be doing, we are not doing. What we heard that we shouldn't be doing, we are doing. Because that intention was lacking, so this is just a general lesson. Whichever dini gathering it is, as mentioned, even if the talim that takes place in our masjid daily that we are participating in, the niyat must be that we must take something, we must take something. This must become a means of our heart turning towards Allah Taala. Must become a means of us becoming more desirous of fulfilling amal, righteous actions. It must become a means of inculcating taqwa in our hearts, the consciousness of Allah Taala. It must come become a means of changing our akhlaq for the better. 
So all these are the intentions to make. And to the extent that we have these intentions, inshallah Allah will bless us accordingly. So these are the things that we have to refresh and there's no once-off situation in this every time and repeatedly. To the extent that these intentions are refreshed and inshallah when something is heard which applies to us, it will strike us. This is something I need to pay attention to. Otherwise, we'll be looking at who should be listening. Not us, somebody else. Something we will hear about, I think, I hope so and so is listening because this applies to him. So our mind will be going to others. I'm hoping others are taking the lesson, but we will be empty-handed. So, when participating in any dini gathering, the intention should be me, myself. The speaker, the listener, the intention should be me. After the gathering is over, I've taken the lesson, I should share it also, pass it on to others as well. But in that moment while some nasihat is being given, some advice is being heard, and the intention must be purely myself. So it's for me. And if that's not the intention, I'll be thinking about others. Hoping so and so is listening, hoping so and so is taking the message, and the process I lost out. So these gatherings that take place, we often generally read from the writings of our Messiah. The lessons that they have given, one is to just merely convey the message itself. But even reading their words has its own special benefit. Maybe we don't understand, this is all in Urdu, we won't understand the Urdu. It will be explained inshallah. But there is some special benefit and more that comes in those words. So it's not always the case. Sometimes we take that benefit as well. Just on this note about these words carry their own noor. The thing is that the words the words are generated by the heart. The words, person thinks about it, he thinks, and then after having pondered what he wants to say, what he wants to write, so all this comes from, is generated by the heart. It's not that a person is fast asleep, his mind is blank, there's nothing in his heart, and he's saying something, he's writing something, it doesn't happen. He's thinking, his mind is behind the whole process of whatever he's saying, whatever he's writing, his heart is behind that whole process. So now the kind of heart that has generated this thought and has generated these words, the effect of that heart comes in those words. And therefore, Mashayat have, from long, there's not something happened yesterday, they have been very, very cautious and have been always warning and cautioning people that look, don't read the writings of an irreligious person and in fact don't read the writings of people who are far away from deen people are involved in all now can we imagine a person reading novels and reading all kinds of other Allah forbid, what, what kind of things now what kind of heart has generated those thoughts says even if an irreligious person has written something that is correct in itself Maybe he gave some advice of some sort. There was nothing wrong in it. But that too might come with the ill effects of that person's heart. The words were right, but the heart was wrong. 
and the effect of that heart might come through to some extent it might impact now this is a completely different matter nevertheless this is coming to mind now there was a very great alim he passed away not long ago few years back Allama Khalid Mahmoud sahab rahmatullahi he had come to South Africa several times the last time he came was just about a year or so before he passed away passed away at the age of 97-98 and at that age the last time that he came he had come to Springo Beach he gave a two hour talk at that age in any case this is many going many years back and I heard this from Mahmoud Mahmoud Pareh sahab rahmatullahi my maroon brother that he had heard it directly from him in a gathering here in South Africa and he mentioned that there was one person in Pakistan who had some very deviated ideas but he was a very prolific writer and many people got very influenced by his writing Maududi was a very prolific writer and a very very captivating writer but he had some very deviated ideas also against the Sahaba Ikram, even objected against Nauzubillah, some Anbiya alayhi salam but there were many other things that he wrote which were very fine, there was no problem with that particular subject matter so Allah Khalid sahab was an expert in all these firaq-e-batila, these deviated groups in combating these deviated groups he was an expert of a very high caliber people used to go especially to go and spend time in his company some few months, sometimes longer periods, just to learn the details of how to deal with these deviated groups and so on. So he mentioned to a gathering of ulama that you take out a paragraph from Maududi's writing. A paragraph which is 100% correct. There is nothing deviated written in that paragraph. But you don't tell me that this is where you took it from. You just pull out the paragraph photocopy it or whatever don't put the title anywhere, don't put the author anywhere and you give me that one paragraph which is 100% correct in terms of the subject matter so I'll read through it and tell you this Maududi writing I'll read through it and tell you this Maududi writing because I perceive a zulmat, a darkness that comes from it when I'm reading it I immediately perceive a darkness, a zulmat that's coming through it now these things might sometimes sound like fairy tales but those who Allah Ta'ala has enabled to see this reality there was a very great personality long ago Shaykh Abdul Aziz Dabbaag Rahmatullahi he was an ummi he was an illiterate person he had never learned to read and write but a very pious person and if anybody would recite Quran in his presence now he was not a Hafiz of the Quran Sharif he was not a literate person but he would immediately point out this person is reciting Quran Sharif so fine that is might be something most people can do listen to Quran Sharif often so he might not find that very very amazing but then if somebody is reciting a hadith now a hadith there are some hadith that are known, known as hadith qudsi hadith qudsi is those hadith where Rasulullah narrates the hadith but says Allah Ta'ala says Qala Allah Ta'ala Nabi Salaam says Allah Ta'ala says Allah Ta'ala said this and then that 
is narrated so this is from the side of Allah Ta'ala that has been inspired on Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which he relates from Allah Ta'ala now that's a specific category of hadith hadith Qudsi so now if he doesn't somebody doesn't read the first portion just read something from in between now he's an illiterate person he hasn't studied all this in depth but he will immediately say that this is a hadith Qudsi and then if somebody is reading some hadith which is apart from the hadith of Qudsi when Nabi Salaam himself said something directly without relating it to Allah Ta'ala as such so he'll say this is the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu he's not a literate person and then somebody would sometimes recite a line or something from Arabic poetry a person who's not learned he won't be able to make out one from the other Arabic poetry or some other line of Arabic writing but an ordinary person normally won't make out any difference but he would immediately say this is neither Quran Sharif nor Hadith Qudsi nor the Hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam there's something besides that so now people would be surprised about this they would ask him that how you get this? how you make it out? Quran Sharif okay most people can make it out but this differentiation between Hadith Qudsi and apart from it even sometimes a person who has studied the Hadith he might think twice ten times is this a portion of Hadith Qudsi or not? So he says when the Quran Sharif is recited, there is a specific nur that emanates from it, which is very distinct. I see that nur. So I immediately recognize this is Quran Sharif. The Hadith Qudsi has got its own specific nur that is distinct from the Quran Sharif, not as bright as it, but very bright in itself, but is very distinct also. And likewise the other ahadith has its own distinct nur. And something that is not Hadith Sharif, not Quran Sharif, not Hadith Sharif, it doesn't have this nur at all. Now the lesson in all this is, that what we listen to, what we read, all this impacts on the heart. And now a person picks up anything and everything, and whatever is just flooding the social media, and flooding the net, and just googling anything, and he doesn't have any idea of who the author is is this an authentic person does this person have correct aqaid and beliefs or is somebody with some kind of deviated beliefs or what he has no idea of what's going on behind the scenes and a person is taking it, he's reading it, he's trying to digest it but now all this is having an impact on the heart and how many times it has happened that a person started coming up with many many doubts with regards to fundamental aqaid he is now questioning actually in the reality it will turn out that he is actually questioning his imam because he is questioning fundamental aqaid but how can it be this and how can it be that things which are established in Quran Sharif but now he got it from where either it is the zulman, the darkness that has impacted on the heart and now he doesn't realize where this came from so this is a very very important aspect that a person should read the author before he reads the book should read the author meaning be 100% sure the author is authentic the author is somebody that is endorsed by the ulama ikram is somebody that doesn't have any kind of deviated ideas and beliefs otherwise the person won't realize where and how he got washed away so this is just we stemmed up from this point about reading from the writings of the Ahlullah 
and inshallah this has its own impact and benefit so we will read from this kitab some excerpts which is the compilation of the various majalis etc of Hazrat Mawla Shahki Mawdakhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Ali Omarum Sheikh Allah Ta'ala Falih Qabarud Noor in various stages in Akhirat so on various occasions his malfuzat, his statements, advices these were compiled and this is what we will select a few aspects from here and explain also inshallah there's one malfuz here کالج کے ایک طالب علم حاضر ہوئے ان سے دریافت فرمایا کہ آپ کو جو معمولات بتائے تھے پورے کر رہے ہیں اسٹوڈنٹ اسٹڈنگ ان یونیورسٹی کلمہ طیبہ کی جو مقدار آپ نے بتائی تھی روزانہ پورا کر لیتا ہو جی آئی کمپلیٹ دیٹ اماؤنٹ آف ریسیٹیشن آف لا الہ الا اللہ معمولات آئی کمپلیٹ اٹ سو وین ہی مینشن دس فرمایا کہ ہاں یہ بہت ضروری ہے اللہ کا نام لینے سے نور پیدا ہوتا ہے اور طاقت آسان ہو جاتی ہے جو شخص معمولات پورے نہیں کرتا تو ظلمت پیدا ہونے لگتی ہے تاعت چھوٹنے لگتی ہے شیخ کے پاس جانے سے جی چراتا ہے قائدہ ہے کہ ہر جنس اپنی جنس کو اپنی طرف کھینچتی ہے سو ان ہی سے جیسا جی ویری امپورٹنٹ prescribed that you are completing it, you are taking Allah Ta'ala's name. So this creates a noor in the heart. It enlightens the heart. And now when this light, this heart is filled with this noor, with this light, the effect of this is that righteous actions become easy. To wake up a fajr becomes easy. To leave whatever one is doing at the time of zuhar and proceed becomes easy. To take the Qur'an Sharif and recite becomes easy. To do various amal becomes easy. Because this is noor. And the noor takes a person in this direction. And on the other side, when a person leaves out the mamulat, his tasbihat, his tilawat, his zikr. When he leaves this out, zulmat and darkness start settling in the heart. Because there is no such thing as a vacuum. Either there will be noor coming in. If no noor is coming in, something else will come in. The darkness will come in. So now when this darkness settles in, the result of this and the effect of this is that the righteous actions will start dropping. will start getting left out. Now the person was very punctual with his Fajr Salah, with Jama'ah. Now suddenly he can't seem to make it. Now trying to figure out but where this came from, I don't know what happened. So we know what happened. What happened was we left out the mamulat. Now leaving out the mamulat was regarded as well. This is a, an optional thing. It's an extra thing. So if I leave this out, it may not be a problem. It's not faraz. So definitely it's not faraz. But it is the energy that takes a person to fulfill the faraz. It's not faraz in itself. A person eats just that much that saves his life, that's for him. Just enough to 
save his life, if he eats that much, he's fulfilled the farz of looking after himself. When a person eats just that much, but that is not sufficient and not enough to give him the energy to be able to do many things, to be able to walk to the masjid now, we will perform salah. Sometimes a person gets very ill or whatever, he's just barely eating enough to survive. But now that's just merely keeping him surviving, now he doesn't have energy to do anything. Tell him to sit up so he can't sit up. He needs help to sit up also. Why? Because now he's just, just surviving, that's all. But now this survival, as a result, that too starts getting weaker. Now he's eating that much too, but that is also now the energy levels are dropping even further. So every person understands this in the light of food, etc. That now I must eat to what my need is, not just to survive. Eat to the extent of whatever the necessary requirement is, so that I have the energy that is required, let alone the necessary. As far as possible, we want all the extras also. So in any case, that as far as the body is concerned, it doesn't just survive. We don't just keep it surviving. But now for our deen, we just want to just survive. So now a person left out all these aspects thinking it's nawafil, it's just optional, it's not necessary. But what the, in the end result was, what was necessary got impacted. What was compulsory, that started getting left out. So this is what is being mentioned here. That ta'at chutne lagti hai. Then the person doesn't want to go even in the righteous gatherings. If there's some drama taking place somewhere, some entertainment happening, there's some friends gathering and they'll be sitting and chatting away and engaging in all kinds of futile talk, he'll be very eager to be part of that. But if there's some dine gathering to go to his own shelf also, then he'll say next time. Right now I'm a bit tired. But then just as he decided he's very tired and he can't make it, he got a call with a braai on, why don't you come? So now suddenly the tiredness went away. That merely the smell of that braai, it took all the tiredness away. He didn't even get the smell there, he only heard about it. So what happened? It was something in the heart. Something in the heart where the inclination was now so weak on one side, that there was no motivation, there was no energy to go in that direction. But now the opposite becomes very easy then. To go to any type of place, any gathering, where all kind of futile talk will take place, let alone futile talk, even haram things will carry on, but he'll be fine with it, he'll carry on. So what becomes, what, why does this become the situation? Further as it explains, that the reason is, Al-Jinsu Yamilu il Al-Jins. In simple terms, like attracts like. Say birds of a feather flock together. In other words, if there's noor in the heart, it will attract nurani amal. A person will be inclined to what has noor in it. There's noor in the heart, so he'll be inclined to those things that have noor in themselves. He'll be now, he's got an opportunity to make surakas, salah, nafil, turn to Allah ta'ala, make some dua, He'll take that chance, take that opportunity. There's a chance now to be making some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. He'll be too happy to do it. His hands will reach out for the Qur'an Sharif. Because the noor in the heart is attracting the amal of noor. So now his heart is just inclining in that direction. And if there's darkness in the heart, 
So now light attracts light. So now that heart is getting like a magnet, it's being attracted towards evil. Because that evil is filled with zulmat. That is filled with darkness. So now what is in something? The heart is the same thing. That light attracts light. So a person now starts falling in one thing after the other and just doesn't stop at anything. But where it all started off from? Something that was taken for granted. And now these mamulat and tasbihat and zikr, who said it's farz? And it's not now compulsory. But a person doesn't eat one day, two days. Now that energy starts dropping. And with the energy and he gets weak, a weak person is prone to infections. Is prone to all kinds of viruses. In order to make himself virus proof, what not is done? What not is done to try and protect us oneself from some virus? And to what extent the person goes to, to protect himself? But from the spiritual viruses and those things that will provide the protection from those spiritual viruses, then all that is not compulsory. So all the steps that are taken to protect ourselves are also optional. It's optional. Fine, within the limits of Sharia, it's optional. Somebody is taking care of it, taking it, no problem. What is within the limits of Sharia? But it's not on a level of Faris. But we take it. So likewise, the greater importance is to put in all these protections, all these safety barriers between us and the whispers of shaitan, between us and the nafs, between us and all the things that invite towards batil and evil and sin. What is that? What's going to create these barriers? Is this constancy, this consistency on the mamulad, tilawad, zikr, dua, some nawafil, and all the various other amal, and being part of the gatherings of deen. This is what creates that barrier. And when this stops, that barrier then slides away. But when that barrier slides away, it doesn't just remain there. Other things come in. They flood in. And nowadays everything is ready to flood in. One press of a button and it starts flooding in. And what a person thought he was immune from. He thought he was immune, he won't press these buttons. Suddenly he doesn't know, he says, I don't know what happened. But what happened is, this is what happened. This is where it started from. So this is what the message is giving that this becomes a situation that the heart gets filled with zulmat and as a result of the darkness in the heart now that starts pulling the person towards evil and vice and sins. Mamulat chutne se kyunke zulmat peda hoti hai us wajah se noor walo ke paas uska dil nahi lagta. Now when a person's heart has filled with the zulmat so now in gatherings of deen that's a gathering of Nuraniyad. We have no idea who has what level of Nur of Iman. And this is the other benefit of being in a gathering of Deen. Like these lights are all switched on. So each one is giving its individual light. How <coughs> do they have these LEDs and whatever? So some are, they say 2 watts. If you put that 2 watt light on, it's going to give a limited amount of light. But then you put 5 of them on, so now that 5 is 10 watts and you put 50 is 100 watts but when that light is shining can you make out where is this 2 watt shining and where is that 2 watt shining and that light is shining all these 2 watt bulbs 50 of them and that 100 watt bulb that floodlight somebody put on 
the light of all becomes diffused together. You can't distinguish one from the other. And the entire place benefits from the combined light. The combined light lights up the entire place. No portion can claim that I lit this place up entirely. The combined light lights up the whole place and it becomes very bright. Likewise in the gatherings of Deen, person is there with an open heart to fill his heart with that nur. Then Allah knows best, sometimes there are people we take for granted, there are people who we don't give a second look at, but Allah knows best what is that floodlight of nur of Iman they carry. Now we might come with our one watt bulb, and they might be there with a thousand watt bulb, but in that gathering, all that light of Iman gets combined. And everybody's heart gets lit, lit up with that combined light. Provided that we kept our hearts open. Our niyat was correct. We wanted to take something. Then that heart will fill. But if it is just some routine, just some coming and going, that's what happens. So there must be, as we spoke right at the beginning, that niyat. Have to check that niyat, refresh it, and open the heart, absorb house of Allah Ta'ala, the noor of the house of Allah Ta'ala, the malaika gather around the gatherings of deen, they throng around such gatherings, and that noor of the malaika, and then the noor of the iman of the entire gathering, if a person is in any gathering of deen, with this kind of open heart to absorb, why won't he absorb? Certainly he'll absorb, but all depends on what our intention is, what we came to take. So this is what is being stated here, that now when a person has let his heart become engulfed in that darkness. See, he feels very uneasy in that gathering of no. He feels like a fish out of water there. He feels uneasy there. Say, oh, I don't want to do here. I'd rather be somewhere else. Why? Because now these two things are opposites. Or Joshak Allah Allah karke noor hasil kar leta hai, uska dil kahi nahi lagta, siwai Allah walo ke sohbat ke. And on the other side, the person who has filled his heart with the noor of zikr, of thinking the name of Allah Ta'ala, of righteous deeds, then he feels no peace anywhere else but in the company of pious people. That's where he feels comfortable. He doesn't feel any comfort anywhere else. So, what is the reason? Because that's what is in his heart now. So he feels that comfort where that similar noor is being achieved. इसे उनकी बातों में नूर मालूम होता है मौलाना रूमी रहमतुल्लाह अलैह फरमाते हैं नूर या मर नूर या राजानी बे अज जाजी बे अन नूर वालों को नूर वाले अपनी तरफ खींचते हैं इसलिए अगर कभी ताआत में तसाहुल होने लगे और शेख के पास जाने में वाहशत महसूस होने लगे तो समझ लो कि या तो मामूलात छूट रहे हैं या किसी गुनाह में मुब्तला हो रहे हैं तौबा कर लो और काम में लग जाओ लास्ट पार्ट ऑफ दिस इज सेइंग पर्सन he detects now some laziness in going into the majalis of deen, in going into the gathering of the mashayikh, etc. So now this is something to make a person reflect. Why I'm not feeling like going? One is a person can't make it, he's ill or whatever. Otherwise it's an opportunity to be in some gathering of deen. But he's not inclined to be there. Person is occupied with something which is genuinely necessary, whatever, it's a different matter. But now this is like a kind of, he's somewhat, somewhat averse to going. So why? 
Let's say the reason is simply one of two things. Either he has now stopped his mamulad. As a result, there's no vacuum. The nur stopped coming in. So some zulmat is entering. Or he's in fact, he's involved in some sin. So that sin now is filling the heart with zulmat. Filling the heart with darkness. Now when the heart is filled with darkness, so obviously he's not going to be inclined to light. And then darkness, when darkness is in the heart, then darkness, the heart is king. Then there's darkness in everything. There's darkness in a person's words, the vulgarity, there'll be harshness, there'll be all the time picking on faults of people, there'll be all kinds of things that will be hurting and causing taklif to others, there'll be darkness in his amal, in his deeds, He'll be sitting and pressing wrong buttons on the phone. There'll be darkness in his akhlaq, poor character, bad akhlaq. All this stems from the darkness of the heart. The heart is filled with noor, and there'll be noor in how a person speaks. There'll be noor in what he does. There'll be noor in his way and manner. Everything will become a means of comfort for others around him in his own house, where he works, with people known to him, strangers, that noor will make everybody comfortable around him. And otherwise, anyone and everyone will be uncomfortable. They'll be at edge, walking on eggshells. Don't know what next. So the whole effort is to bring that noor in the heart. And that noor in the heart, the very important aspect among many things, is these mamulat. Now this is sometimes taken for granted, but the importance of it we've understood from this malfos, from this statement of earth, that how deep this is, how much of effect this has, being consistent on it, how much benefit it brings, and shirking in it, not being consistent, what it opens the door to. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala grant us this noor in our hearts and make us very, very constant on our mamulat. Inshallah, after the Maghrib Salah, Sunnah and Nafil will continue. We can spend some time in Dua.